0: All right, and we should be live. So we're welcome back to Lindroth Hockey Podcast. We are a partnership with the Black and Gold Hockey Production Studio. I'm riding solo today. It's it's Andrew the son. Uh, my father's in vacationing right now. He is in the Massachusetts area with his wife Michelle, and they're having fun doing their typical summer thing. But I told my dad to keep the show running. And with that being said, this episode is going to be dedicated to our Sheffield fans. Um, I know we've been a little quiet on that front lately. I know there's a more of a disappointing end of the season, but we do have exciting news for the team. One of those things is the guest that we're having on today who we're very familiar with, uh, Kevin Tanzi, which is part three. Kevin, you're on with episode 58 and 115. Now we're at episode 137. So thank you for joining today, man. How are you?
1: Absolutely. It's always a pleasure to come on here. I'm uh, doing pretty good, having a, having a good time, enjoying my summer, and uh, excited to get the season going again, not too, not too shortly here.
0: Yeah, so you just signed with the Sheffield Steelers. Obviously, that's the big news. Um, and we've been very familiar with the team the past two seasons, getting involved with Sheffield and the EIHL in general. Um, how did the opportunity come about, man? I'm sure you had some other options to go anywhere, but uh, why Sheffield and why the EIHL? So this is your first time playing in that league.
1: Yeah, um, I had spoken to Sheffield last year a little bit uh, and was uh, was was pretty close to, to signing there. Um, then obviously went to Denmark. But a really good buddy of mine, Dan Champini, plays in Sheffield, and he played there last season. And we were talking about going together last season, and then after this season had passed, he basically just raved about it, said how it was so great, um, you know, having that many fans every it's pretty crazy it's, it's basically everybody who plays in the season but, um everybody's response is just oh i heard it's crazy there so looking forward to playing in front of some some pretty intense fans and uh visiting and living in a new country
0: yeah. So Sheffield has been an excellent team for, for quite a bit now. What do you think you bring to the table personally for the fans to hear? Um, especially with, you know, they, they've been a good team, but it seems like that they've been kind of, they, they kind of dropped the ball in, in the big game. So what do you think you bring to the team that could help them in those big moments?
1: Uh, I think at this point now in my career, I'm a pretty, pretty, pretty established defenseman. I'm uh uh, I'm a leader and I'm you know a two-way player who has a lot of experience going into my eighth year pro over 350 games as a 31 year old next year they were looking for someone to just kind of hold down the back end and I think that's why they're bringing me in to just be a steady two-way guy you know create some opportunities offensively while being able to be tough and shut it down defensively and that's what I'm looking forward to doing.
0: Yeah, so you had mentioned that uh, you knew David Champini, who played there last year, a very good player for them. Is there any other familiar faces on the team that you've maybe not played with, but played against that you're familiar with?
1: Um, I don't know all the roster right now. Um, So as of right now, there's still some guys who haven't been announced So, um, in terms of, I can't say anything, but I will say that I do have a a couple more buddies that I, that I know have played against and played with that are are on the team.
0: Now, what about the EIHL in general? Do you have a lot of people that friends, even from Canada and places like that, that are playing the EIHL right now? I mean, is this going to be more of a familiar league for you in general?
1: Yeah, it'll be pretty familiar. I think, I mean, obviously with the import level, That they have of up to 15 North Americans. Um, It's it's usually pretty familiar at this stage of my career. Playing eight years, I mean, I've been on. I don't even know eight years. I think I've been on like ten or 12 teams. So um, you you go through a lot of locker rooms and you play with and against a lot of people. I'm sure it'll be very similar uh, in that way. And all there will be a lot of familiar faces.
0: So you just won uh, a championship in the Danish league. Talk a little bit about that, but talk about the season leading up to it, up until that big moment where you guys just killing it all season. This was expected or were there some bumps in the road? Kind of talk about the journey that got to the championship title this year. So what we got
1: was actually the Danish cup. We won that, we didn't win the, the, the playoff playoffs. We lost in the finals to Alberg, unfortunately. Um, so what the Danish Cup is, is after 16 games of the regular season, four teams are placed in a tournament to play single elimination tournament style game. And so we won that and it, it was pretty awesome. That was uh first time I've won anything in my pro career. So pretty excited about that, uh, to be able to lift a trophy um you know it was really cool the, the group of guys that we had was one of the best groups of guys that i've ever played with this year um unfortunately we we just ran out of gas
0: now All right. Just had a quick little Wi-Fi connection issue, but uh, Kevin, let's get right back into it. So um, just wanted to clarify again, you were talking about the Danish championship leagues. You said that you didn't win the Danish cup um, that you guys had lost in the finals, but you had won something else. Kind of explain that because I know the EIHL has kind of two different championships playoffs. So what about the Danish league?
1: Yeah. So what we won was after 16 regular season games, there are, uh four teams the four top teams are placed uh seated one through four and one place four two place three at a at a specific location we all played in alberg and uh we won that which was pretty awesome um first trophy i got to lift as a pro so that was really exciting for me and you know to do it with the group of guys that we had this year was awesome because all the group that we had this year it was it was really the best group that i've played with in my career so um, it was special to share that moment with those guys. And unfortunately we fell short in the, in the actual playoffs at the end of the season. Um, it was just one of those things that I've never been on a team that's been more riddled with injuries than the team I was on this year. Um, we had, we probably had like 10 concussions. We had three D with season ending injuries. Um, that were all like, in our, in our starting six D men, um, even like some of them in our, in our starting four. So, um, that was tough. You know, we, we went through playoffs, got to the finals, um, and in the semifinals us, um, uh, team we played against, we, we, like ice fair we played against them and we won seven against them and it was just a war. Um, we just beat each other up and we basically were limping out of that round into the playoffs. And, uh, Allberg was able to get the job done, unfortunately. So it was a.
0: a Hey, Kevin, sorry you had cut out right again. All right. Sorry about that. We are back. So Kevin, talk to us about it. You had said that uh, you guys were banged up and limping out Danish league. Was it, is it physical? I mean, I assume playoffs is playoffs, but uh, sounds like that the the league and teams were, were pretty rough and tumble. Yeah,
1: it was uh it was a pretty uh, on the rougher side of things um, for the leagues that I've played in over in Europe, for sure. There's a lot of finished checks Um and the, the ice surfaces were just a little bit smaller than, than most leagues have played
0: in. So that makes for a more competitive and hard game usually. So with the injuries happening, do you guys have any type of farm system? I mean, it, it can't be that easy just to be plucking demon and stuff after they're having the season-ending injuries to come on to the team. I mean, that's got to be tough.
1: Yeah, so we have uh, every team in the league has like a U-20 team. Um, okay. You know, it's, it's obviously a big jump for those guys coming into often their first time playing pro. So um, you can't rely too heavily on those guys, unfortunately. But, yeah, we do have a farm system in that league.
0: So when do you arrive in town with Sheffield to start off-season training? Not moving in or anything, but when do you guys start training? When does that normally happen?
1: Um, so I started training back here uh, about a month ago. And I get to Sheffield on September 3rd. So for us, they let us do our thing. Um, We're on nine month contracts. So during the summer, you get to go home, you get to see family, see friends, uh, live a a fairly normal lifestyle and then um, ship off on September 3rd and get camp going, start playing some exhibition games and into the season.
0: Well yeah, and I was curious too. You know, you're obviously a very busy man as as our guests know. You you own and, and work for Impact of C B D, your company. Um, do you during the off season, do you ever have time off, man? Or are you just working nonstop and training, getting ready for the next season? I mean, hopefully you get some time to hang out with some some friends and family.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm a little bit of a weekend warrior. Um, This past weekend, I was able to go to uh, Escapade, which is uh, an electronic music festival here where I got to see a lot of cool uh, artists, saw Timmy Trumpet, saw Tiesto, Marshmello. So that was a lot of fun, Um, you know, this weekend going up to the cottage. But during the week, you know, I get up at 630, I go work out from 8 to 10 and then After that, I'm usually working till like four or five o'clock in the afternoon, uh, trying to get some CBD in in different places and uh, spread the word.
0: And so um, did you sign a one-year deal with Sheffield, multi-year? Are you even allowed to say what the contract was?
1: No, yeah, it's just a one-year deal.
0: I'm uh, at the
1: point in my career where, well, uh, I'm taking it year by year. Um, When you get older, missing birthdays and missing Christmases and all that, uh, it takes takes a toll on you um you know i've i've missed probably about 10 weddings just because i'm overseas um so that kind of stuff uh i'm not ready to sign a a multi-year deal unless if you know someone's going to give me an average of 8 million or something
0: <laughs> right right so what so as a pro how does that go in your thinking obviously because you just said you're missing a lot of birthdays you know you're over here across the pond and and you're normally over there in canada so how does that go into the decision-making? And some people would probably hear you say that and go, well, wouldn't you want to be somewhere for a while? But then again, you you probably don't want to just lay down your roots there. So what, what, what else goes into that thought process for that as a pro?
1: Yeah, um, you know, obviously it's always been my dream to be a professional hockey player um, and going through college. I mean, I've been away from home for hockey season since I was 18 years old and I'm now 30, so 12 years of going different places. And in that time I've lived in, oh geez, I've lived in New York. I've lived in Chicago. I've lived in Kansas city. I've lived in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I've lived in Stockton, California. I've lived in Toledo, Ohio. Um, I've lived in Czech. I've lived in Slovakia. I've lived in Austria. I've lived in Denmark and now England. So, um, going to see the world is, is such a blessing to do what I do. And I realize that every single day. Um, and then the part that tears at you is, you know, I also have so many friends here that I've met along the way, um, you know, from high school, from, from working, from just being around in the community. So in that sense, it gets hard when, you know, you see people two times a year versus being able to see them all, all year kind of thing. Um, makes you embrace the times you do see them and, you know, don't get me wrong. It's, it's, it's all part of the process. It's all part of what you think of, you know, your career and the right decision for you and your family. Um, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't weigh, weigh hard on you sometimes when, you know, you see all these weddings or birthdays or Christmases where, you know, your family is back home and, and you're somewhere else, um, not alone, but, um, you know, you're obviously with your teammates and your partner if you have one. But um, without the whole family there, it's it's definitely a, a little different.
0: So luckily with you, you obviously have options post-playing career. But uh, I don't want to get too far ahead here, obviously. But just kind of while we're on the topic of this type of stuff, um, you, you are 30 years old now. Um, and w- what is going through your mind? Are you wanting to play as long as your body can hold up and, and just keep Go into the best places that you can because you do have impact of CBD. Or is this something like you said? I'm just going to take it year by year and just and just go from there.
1: Uh, sometimes I think that I'll play until I'm 65, and then <laughs> sometimes I think that I'll play just one more year. Uh, you know the injuries that I've had over my career, um, the concussions, the surgeries. It uh, definitely takes a toll on your body. Um, I, I do like to get down and dirty in the corners and and play a rough style of game. So. Um, I've, I've had my fair share of bruises and bumps and and stitches and broken bones. So it's, it's really just at the end of the day, I, I'm just not ready to put a Jersey down yet. I thought I might be, um, at the end of of this past season, but you know, when, when you lose in the finals, it's just so, it's so like emotionally devastating, Um, when you put all that in and you fall two wins short of, of lifting that trophy, it's, it's one of those things that I, I, as soon as that game was over, I basically made the decision that I'm not done. Um, I think I signed with Sheffield like a week later and, uh, yeah, that's, it's, it's, I, my mind tells me that I can play until I'm a hundred. Um, and my body sometimes tells me that that's not the case, but my mind has been winning lately.
0: So what, give us some background information uh, um, with the probe getting into a new team. What, what is the living situation about to be like? Are you going to uh, – when you get to Sheffield, do you know if they're already going to have a place set up for you? Do you have to look for a place? And after that, what is the – do you have any horror stories maybe from the ECHL or anything about like having to find your own place? We've heard some crazy stories before, but normally from the past past
1: um so when you go overseas they have everything set up for you uh you have an apartment to live in where i think we all live in an apartment complex right in the city center <clears throat> excuse me so that's pretty awesome uh i'll have to learn to drive on the other side of the road so that'll be interesting um but they set you up with a car they set you up with an apartment usually like some kind of brochure paperwork that says like here popular restaurants popular grocery stores popular bars um and they set you up that way in terms of uh horror stories for the coast um not i don't have really too many um besides for living at least um you know i've lived in some not so great places but nothing too bad uh in that sense but just the the horror stories for me come from, in, from all of the games played in the short amount of time. Those are, that's definitely a battle from the coast, but in terms of living, it's, it was pretty normal.
0: Are you talking about the three and three where you played three games, three days, stuff like that? Like
1: three and three. We had a, we had a point when I was in Toledo, we played 14 games in 20 days. And it wow. was, in like, it was in something like in those 14 games, I think like four of them were home and the rest were on the road and they weren't just like in three different clumps. It was like, we played, uh, I think it was like 10 games on the road in eight different arenas, which were in like six different States. I think there was even a game in Canada in that span. Um, so it was 14 games in, in 20 days, which inside of that had seven games in 10 days inside of that was four games in five days and ended with a three and three in three different arenas um with the last one being an afternoon game in Brampton uh coming from Toledo which is about a 7-hour bus ride and we had uh there was like a big snowstorm that night so we all slept on the bus and we got there and got undressed after the game Saturday night uh got on the bus at like 10 maybe 11 left drove. We were going to go to a hotel and just sleep. It was an afternoon game. I think we ended up getting to Brampton at like nine o'clock in the morning and we played at 1 p.m. So
0: it was, uh, that was definitely a time where my body was not feeling too great. What's been the favorite place that you lived apart from the hockey, the team itself? If you could go back to any place that you've lived for having to play professional hockey, where would you go? And had to stay there the rest of your life. I'll say it like that.
1: That would, that would be, it's a close tie between, uh, Innsbruck, Austria and Denmark. Um, Austria is just such an incredibly beautiful country. I basically lived in a postcard while I was there. I mean, we were in the Austrian Alps and every day I woke up and I looked out to mountains everywhere, which was just incredible, really cool. Really cool city, really cool country, it's beautiful everywhere. And then Denmark was just like they they say they're the happiest people in the world. And I believe it. It's they are just such a, a nice, a nice people. And it's so clean there. And everybody's friendly. They're smiling and they just really enjoy life. So being there was uh was pretty incredible to to be a part of that for nine months.
0: So I'm curious, I know that it really just matters what's the best deal that you get in going towards your goal as a professional, but how much, and I know everybody's different too, but how much does that play into your decision-making places to live and stuff, or does it not really as much, like you just have to go where the money and the good team is at?
1: Um, A lot of that depends on what your situation is, uh, whether you have a family or a partner or dogs or um, what you do back home, I had a season where I made a, a good chunk of change in Slovakia um, the year before or last year. And I, I really just didn't enjoy living in that country too much. It's, uh, it's a little bit of a hard country to live in for me personally. And so um, I actually turned down more money than I was making in Denmark this year to not go back to that country. So um, there, wow. there's times like that that you know as an older player i just weighed as the difference in money wasn't worth the difference in happiness um but at the same time when i did sign in slovakia i was single and i was going there on my own and i was just ready to sign a big ticket and was excited to just make money because i hadn't really made money like that before in my career Um, so in that sense, you know, where you are in your life and what's going on in your life have definitely a big impact on it for me, especially.
0: So I'm going to ask a couple more, uh, kind of off the topic hockey questions before we get into the impact of CBD, Kevin. So my first thing that I wanted to ask you was the QMJHL, the ban on fighting. And I know that, um, there's a lot of different opinions out there and there's a lot of different ways you can look at it. And you're talking about kids fighting, right? We're not talking about the NHL or AHL, but, but you've been around the league a lot. You're a very, very smart, competent person. What do you think about the ban and fighting? Do you think that they should ban it for the rest of the junior leagues? No,
1: I don't. Um, I don't like the ban. I, uh, I I think fighting is necessary in hockey. Not maybe not necessarily the you know the old school just two guys who can't really play um lining up and beating each other up off the face-off kind of thing that's like don't get me wrong I I enjoy watching two heavyweights go at it but in terms of for the game and for younger players I mean it is a part of pro hockey and it's it's a role that players have it's it's a part of the game and the game happens so fast that sometimes there just needs to be more than a two or five minute penalty for something. Um, You know, you, you go through every day with, with the guys that you play with and you form a bond with them and they become your, your best friends for the next nine months. Um, Especially, you know, when for a guy like me who goes across the ocean and and meets new people, you know, that's, that's your family. And sometimes when you see a, a hit that happens like that, you, you, you have your, natural reaction where you want to protect your family and that's where i think that hockey has its place uh fighting has its place in hockey um a part of me understands the junior thing i don't think it's the right move i get it it's kids i was fighting in hockey when i was 16 17 and you know i I turned out okay so yeah uh, it's a touchy subject for sure um growing the game but you know, at the same time, name one fan that isn't on their feet when a fight starts happening in an arena, right? It brings people to the game. Um, us as hockey players kind of have that uh, reputation as being sort of modern-day gladiators almost where, you know, we're tough, we're we're mean, we, we like to play a physical game, and that's just part of the sport.
0: So... <clears throat> being over in Canada I know that the government has obviously been the ones be, really behind trying to put pressure on it and ban it especially starting at least in the junior leagues do you think that it's going to kind of start heading that way to where you think they will start banning across all those leagues and start trickling up to the minor pro and possibly NHL or do you think that uh, it probably won't be very well received in the queue I just don't know how it would work so I just don't know what your opinions would be if you have an idea
1: I just, I honestly think that it's the game becomes more dangerous when there's not fighting. I think um, because players don't have to care about consequences for their actions. You know, it's it's elbows start going up, stick starts going up, um, and you know there there's there's more concussions that happen from head hits than there are from fights usually. And if you have someone on your team who you know, you got to watch out for this guy because if you do something dirty, this guy's going to come after you. I think it like kind of evens the playing field a little bit, and that's where that's where in the majority I disagree with the banning of it because um, it is a fast sport. You know, I skate about twenty-five miles an hour, and if I'm skating twenty-five miles an hour, and there's a guy with his head down, and I'm six foot four, and I take him, I take him out, and it's a little bit high. Um, it can be dangerous and to me it's it's one of those things where you know you're playing you're playing at that speed and so is the other player and sometimes just a tiny a tiny little move can make it a head hit or not a head hit whether someone bails out or well someone just tries to get out of the way and one guy's lane was already clear um you know that that's where that's where it comes in where it just makes people keep an eye on themselves and check themselves and know that if something happens, they might have to answer the bell.
0: And so I'm curious too, you had mentioned that the Danish league that you're just playing in, um, at least with the playoff series was a pretty, pretty rough, tough league. Um, do you think that there will be any significant differences, maybe just based on the way the games played physicality and everything coming over to the EIHL? Cause that's a pretty tough league too.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm prepared to, for it to be sort of my toughest, physically demanding year uh, in Europe, Um, you know, train a little bit differently going in with maybe a couple extra pounds on me, just because I know that um, fighting very much is a part of the game there and you got to be ready for it. Um, It's not like uh, in Denmark, if you fought, you got kicked out of the game. It's not like that in this league. So um, that is obviously more inviting to fights. If you, you know, if, if you're a good player and you fight, and you just get kicked out of the game, and maybe suspended. It's not, it's kind of like, well, what am I doing? You know, is this really worth it? Is this helping my team? But if you're just sitting down for five minutes, then, you know, it's, it, it can be a big sway in momentum. Um, and you come back out, uh, personally for me, I mean, it's, uh, back to a little bit of gladiator mentality, but like, it's the best feeling in the world for me is scoring a goal and bringing 5,000 people to their feet. Um, and it's, almost better. It almost feels better in a, in, in a crazy way to bring 5,000 people to their feet after you've just kind of pummeled somebody.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's that guy way of thinking sometimes. So yeah. I assume that your, uh, your opinion is pretty similar than um, with the AHL and ECHL with the, uh, the fight limits. Is there a general consensus with teammates and players that you played with that that rule's pretty dumb most of the players i've talked to they hate that rule with the passion
1: yeah i will because again it's it's one of those things that in the in the second that something happens you don't you know you see your friend get hit from behind you don't go out there and think oh let me count on my, on my, my fingers how many fights i have and if this one's worth it and blah 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 it's just kind of like it's part of the game and you don't think in that split second where you drop the gloves, you're just like, I'm, I'm getting you. I'm not, I'm not stopping and thinking like, Oh, this might cost me five games or blah, blah, blah. So, um, I think guys who are willing to do it are always going to have jobs if you have enough skill to put with it. So I, I, yeah, I disagree with the, with the fight limit as well.
0: So when you look at uh, the teams that were just successful in these playoffs and you, know, you see Vegas, very big, tough team. And then you've also got Florida Panthers who really came out. And you have players like Matthew Kachuk, not necessarily a Tom Wilson type, but uh, he's definitely certainly an agitator and has that physical aspect to the game. It almost seems like when you go back to these few years, um, I mean, even going all the way back to when the Caps won in 2018, I think it was just like, You know, you have to have that kind of element to your game, not necessarily the fighting. You have to beat up people, have a Wilson go after guys or a Reeves. But uh, I feel like that that sometimes is missing from the element with a lot of teams and felt like even as a fan of the Boston Bruins that that was missing from their game for the few years until they added Hathaway and Bertuzzi and was like that. Do you think that that's still the recipe to success? I mean, you can only have such a speedy, fast team if you've got no – grit at all I should say you know this is something my dad would ask um, is, it would be pretty hard to be successful I would imagine especially in those type of leagues where you, you could be that tough I guess
1: yeah it's it's one of those things where if you're the only tough guy on your team you can't really act that tough because you know you're taking all the brunt of it but when you have you know four or five guys who are who are willing to pay the price and, and are are willing to be mean and willing to, to go into the corners and get into the dirty areas, then it's so much easier to be tough than than if you're just one. Um these hybrid players like like uh like you said like uh Tichuk and uh you know Mark Stone Jamie and Tom. And like very rare, put together with an extremely high offness, a pretty good recipe for success in my mind.
0: So, I want to go ahead, Kevin, and move on to uh, impact of CBD. We've talked about it in the previous episodes again, f- episode 58 and episode 115. So, for uh, the Sheffield fans that haven't heard those previous episodes or heard from Kevin, go check those out. Um, but, Kevin, I do want to share this with you real quick before I ask you any questions. Um, I actually funny that I was having you on today. I had somebody, um, that, wanted me to tell you this. One of the patients that came into my store, uh, my dispensary, his name goes by uh, Ronald Reeves. And he came into me raving about the CBD roll-on, said that he's in a daily knee pain, um, has had surgeries on it, and is having to move and do work throughout the day. And I had mentioned that, uh, yes, I know the owner of that company, and I'm actually speaking with him tomorrow and everything. So he said on air, he wanted me to thank you for the product and said that it's one of the best things that he's had. So just another testament um, for you to know and for all the fans listening to that this product really works. How has the company been lately since we last talked?
1: Well, I'm very happy to hear that. And I'm very happy that it's working for them. Um, you know, it's, we, we didn't want to put our names behind something that didn't work. So I can't say I'm surprised. <laughs> we, uh, we get a lot of the same reactions. Uh, we love our product, And, you know, we're, we're happy that it's helping so many people. Um and bridging off from that, it's it's going it's going really well. Um we have a lot of exciting things happening. We're we're in a bunch of stores in the US now, um, across a bunch of states. We're we're kind of you know chipping away at a dam. Um that that just, you know, at first we were chipping away with with like a tiny little pick rock hammer. Um then it became a hammer, and now it seems like we're knocking down with a sledgehammer and it won't be long before we're chipping at that dam with a, with a bulldozer kind of thing. Um, we do have some pretty cool ambassadors already with uh, Dr. Troy Van Biesen. Um, You know, we have Colby Toulier, we have Kelly Whaley and Will Wilcox, who are all either professional trainers or athletes. And we are just finalizing an A-list um, player uh, I wish I could, I wish I could say more about it right now. It's, uh, it's basically done, but it's not done. Um, so it, it it's one of those things that once this happens, I think it's really going to put us on the map for, for being a, a athletic CBD brand. Um, as much as I'm a fan of cannabis and CBD, um, you know, we, we really wanted to keep our brand, our brand and, and really appeal to uh, athletes and very active people and people who like to move their bodies because you know we go through a good amount of pain when you play those sports. And I think when we uh, bring this athlete in, it's really gonna blow open the doors a little bit. So we're, we're really excited and it's going really well.
0: So you've obviously got the roll-on that we're talking about, the CBD roll-on. Um, we did just get in, of course, and I've been selling um, the CBD lozenges, which have been doing very well. And that is an excellent product as well. Kevin, is there any other products that are coming out soon or anything that you can talk about um, that people would like to know that maybe they'd be interested in?
1: Yeah. So unfortunately, we have discontinued the lozenges um, since Google and Twitter opened up their advertising to CBD companies. There's a lot of restrictions with the marketing for it. And one of the restrictions that made it really tough would be anything that's edible. Um, so we're going to be sticking to topical again until that changes, unfortunately, because it just with, with advertising, it's, it's so hard to advertise already in this industry, as you know. Um, so we didn't, we didn't want to have to slow ourselves down with that, which is unfortunate because, um, a lot of people really did like the lozenges, but we do have a pro relief cream coming out and that's going to be 500 milligrams as well. Uh, it's not quite like the roll on where you roll it on it's like sort of like a toothpaste bottle where you squeeze out and you apply it that way um it's gonna be medical grade and um I'm hearing that it's it's gonna it's even gonna blow our our Cbd stick out of the water um so we're we're really excited for that to come. We don't have an exact timeline on it right now we're just kind of doing pre-sales and figuring out what the what the 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 amount would be for people that they would want. So um, it should be, you know, within the next three to six months that we'll be rolling that out.
0: Well, you're certainly um, a popular guy. And so is the company here in small town, Tahlequah, Oklahoma. I'll say that much people at uh, my store really love the product. And uh, I, I, really advise anybody else that's out there that's having that pain remember cbd is the non-psychoactive ingredient in the hemp plant so it is something that everybody can use and that uh everything everybody should be taking advantage of um kevin i know that you're a busy guys so just to wrap it up here we, we obviously again i've mentioned we have a lot of sheffield fans listening in on this and, and really want to hear from their newest and latest edition um any final words, anything, and I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but anything you'd like to say to the fans as you start gearing up and coming over towards Sheffield and and getting ready to help this team win some games?
1: Yeah, I, Sheffield fans, I'm thirsty for a championship. Um, you know, really want one really bad, want three of them. Um, and I've heard so much good things about the team, the facilities, the fans, the, you know, the staff. I've heard it's all a one. Um, I think you guys will really like me as a player and I know I'm really gonna like you guys as fans and as a as a team. so I'm just really excited to come over there, show you guys what I've got and you know hopefully meet a bunch of you and and uh, enjoy a good season together with lots of success.
0: Awesome well, Kevin, I can't appreciate you enough for taking the time today like again, I know you're a busy guy so thank you for coming on. um I know the Sheffield fans will be excited to uh to watch you play this season and uh, we'll We'll be in touch. Definitely let me know, too, uh, whenever those products are ready. Again, if you guys are around uh, Oklahoma area, I know i got a lot of Tulsa Oilers fans. Come on by and come order some of this Impact of CBD stuff. Get Get your body healthy again. So, Kevin, again, on air, thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you very much. I
0: appreciate it. All right. Well, Kevin just went ahead and headed on out. We just finished up our conversation. Um, won't take up too much of you guys' time. We appreciate it again. We apologize for uh, the little Wi Fi troubles. Um, Kevin just had to hop out, hop back in real quick. And uh, it was easy. Sometimes people, we, we've got some Wi Fi troubles, but hopefully um, everything came out well for you all and Sheffield uh, Steelers fans. We appreciate the support again. You will really, really like Kevin. Um, Apart from him being a great player, obviously, as you know, and listen to our previous uh, episodes, he's a great guy too. Very smart, very competent person. And, uh, you know, um, he's got a lot going for himself. He's got a very bright future, whether it be with uh, still playing hockey, whether it be the business-related stuff. Um, So you'll really enjoy him having over there, Sheffield fans. We're excited for this upcoming season. And uh, Bruins fans, the ones that are listening in, um, it'll be very interesting to see what happens. Taylor Hall being traded, obviously Nick Felino um, being shown the door. And I hate to say it like that, uh, but he did get his bag 4 million with uh, Chicago and uh, interesting stuff, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how the Bruins unfold, how uh, th- this team shakes out, but uh, always a Bruins fan through and through. I hope the Bruins fans listening to this feel the same way. Um, I think it's healthy to go through some of these rough patches sometimes, but uh, again, we appreciate everybody tuning in and listening. And uh, we will see you guys next week on a regular programming uh, next Friday with our special guest. So we will be back at it again. We apologize again for uh, the delay that we've had Um, full disclosure. I actually just purchased uh, the dispensary that um, I had part owned 25% of the past uh, about two, two and a half years. And so that opportunity honestly came about within a two or three week notice. And it was like, uh, if we, We didn't know it was going to be an offer at all. We thought that the store was just going to shut down, and then it was going to shut down in a few weeks. And we got the offer, so we scrambled hard. And obviously, it's a turnkey business, so as soon as we bought the business, it's been um, very busy and very rough trying to get into stocking back up on inventory, getting into uh, the groove of things again. Not to mention my father and I were just for traveling summer and I'm in a in a rock band that's touring itself. We've been very busy. So we appreciate everybody's patience and understanding. We try not to give too many excuses or tell people what's going on because everybody's got something going on uh, that keeps them busy. But just wanted to update you all, not to fill your uh, ears with just more um, words to take up your time. But wanted to give everybody a heads up what's going on. And uh, we're excited to get back into this and get the podcast going full force again. We thank you all and uh, wish my father... Good rest of the vacation, and you'll uh, hear from me next week with another special guest. Thank you all.